0: Okay, guys, a really important topic that we want to talk about today. It is probably one of the most dreaded conversations that parents. Are going to have with their children. So I think it's super important that we take time to break down and talk about how to have the talk, how to have the talk with your kids, and how to go about it. So, what you're going to get in this episode, we're going to break down by age different ways you can approach this topic in this conversation so that no matter where you're at, whatever stage you're at with your child. You'll leave with some really helpful information based on the age of your child and hopefully be a little less fearful um, and feeling more encouraged as you approach and navigate these difficult topics with your kids. So let's dive in. Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Okay, let's get started this party started. Um, This is a really interesting topic, at least for me. I know a lot of parents have uh, so many questions about when is the right time? When should I approach this? How should I be having conversations with my child? What happens if they ask me a question? What do I do? How do I have the talk with them? When is the right time? And so we're going to talk about this today and give you some answers to those questions. The first caveat I want to give is that This is a conversation that you should be having from the very beginning. This should be an ongoing conversation so that when your child gets to that point where they are navigating those world, the peer pressure and hearing those things from their peers, they already have an idea about their own opinions, their own values, and their own choices, their own decision-making and have well-informed ability to make good choices because you've already been having those conversations with them and you're setting the stage, right? In the most ideal scenario, you're setting the stage to let your child know that they can come to you with their questions, that they can ask you if they find themselves in a bind or have a question about something. So that's the number one point that I want to make starting out is that this is an ongoing conversation. This is something that should be continual throughout your child's growth and development. And it doesn't have to be this big, scary sit down conversation of, okay, come here. We need to talk to you and tell you about everything about sexuality, about the sexual relationship, you know, from A to Z right now in this one, you know, one hour, two hour conversation. This should be something that's spread out over many years, ideally, so that they know that they can come to you when they really need it. So let's break it down by age so that you have a better idea based on the age of your child and what to do um, in those situations. So when we're talking about from birth to age two, those first two years, you want to just be aware of teaching your child anatomically correct terms for their genitals. And that might seem a little crazy. That might sound a little overwhelming or intimidating, but you just keep it really casual. So the same way when you're playing those games, head, shoulders, knees, and toes, or when you're pointing and testing what they know, you know, show me your eyes, show me your ears, you can treat the private areas of their body just as you would an arm or an ankle, you're going to say all of those terms in the same casual way. And you can play and include those body parts in the games so that there's no negative connotation or association with, oh my gosh, is this something bad? And knowing the appropriate terms for body parts are going to be helpful down the road If God forbid, you know, a child encounters a situation of some type of sexual abuse or assault, they are going to be able to communicate that to to you or to a safe adult as soon as possible. So we want them to be really clear on the terms as a way to protect them if they find themselves in a really scary or unfortunate situation. So that's the first thing. Now, ages two to five, this is an interesting... Uh, time period. I think one thing that's really helpful is giving your child a sense that they have a say over their bodies. So little things, um, that helps to keep them safe in the long run. So, you know, they have a say about whether or not they want to give somebody a hug or a kiss. You know, we don't force them to kiss aunt Sally just because she wants that kiss. Um, so you don't need to be giving a lot of details necessarily about, um, you know, sexual abuse or anything like that, but you definitely want them to be aware that other people should not be asking or trying to touch their general genital areas. And if you want to include, there's a wonderful resource that I'm a really huge fan of with Pauline, um, media, Pauline books, uh, publishers. They have some great books. If you want to add a religious component of talking about the body, it's called everybody is a gift. And this is a book series, for this age group ages two to five years old so check this one out it's written by monica asher everybody is a gift god made us to love and i will just say my daughter actually loves these books so much and this can be a great way to just bring up the foundation for theology of the body and um, how to view our bodies uh, with the dignity that uh, god created them with so moving into ages six to eight years old there is also a series of books for that age group by Monica Asher, by Polymedia, so, and the TOB, Theology of the Body and Team. This book series, one of the books in that series is called Everybody Has Something to Give. So um, I, I hope you're picking up on that body theme, like everybody is a gift, everybody is a gift, everybody has something to give. So that there's a nice play on words there with the body and um, learning about our own bodies and how um, they're made and how they're made to be a gift and to be uh, a gift of love. And so those are two resources I would say for those younger age groups. And what's really helpful for this age, six to eight years old, right? You have kids online more, they're researching things for school, they're learning. And so we want to discuss and explore digital Spaces, even if your child might not be using the internet unsupervised at this point, we want to start establishing rules and about talking to strangers, um, sharing photos online, as well as what your child should do if they come across some information online that makes them feel uncomfortable. So, we don't need to really explain in detail at this age six to eight is still pretty young. We don't need to explain what pornography is. Um, but we want to be—we want them to be prepared in case they stumble across it. So we just sort of—you can be very calm, calmly explain about what to do if they were to f- encounter something that makes them uncomfortable. You know, these are grown-ups doing grown-up things. Um, just saying that these are websites for adults. If you find yourself in that situation, explaining that and making sure that they know to come to you and report that to you or another safe adult if they come across some type of images that make them uncomfortable so that they can get help getting away from those images and closing that out. So talking around all of that. You can also, at six to eight, you can be a little bit more detailed, a little bit about sexual abuse. So unfortunately, we have to let our children know how to protect themselves or help a friend who experiences abuse. So we want to be more detailed and talk about Like, you know, depending on your child, you know your child best and developmentally what they are ready to hear. So keeping that in mind, but you can start with some basics again about how no one should be touching them without their permission and revisiting. You can revisit that a few days later and you can just sort of gauge and see if they understood what you meant, if they understood how you meant, if your child gets really upset, that could be a sign to wait and not push the topic, maybe wait till they're a little older. So say you try it at around six and they get really upset. You might try again at six and a half, seven right? And wait and see until they're a little bit older. So you have to go at your child's pace, but if they're, if you know, they're ready for it, if they're open and have the maturity, we want to start setting that stage again for preparing them to either help someone else or themselves if they find themselves in that situation. So that's six to eight years. What do we do for nine to 12 years? This is when parents start getting a little worried because we're hitting that puberty stage. We're getting close to puberty and we know that that's about the time when we should, at least in tr- old you know, ways of thinking, we thought that that was the time when we might wanna start thinking about having the talk at some point around these ages, uh, maybe in those later years, closer to 12-ish. And so um, what I wanna get back to also is thinking about puberty and introducing, you wanna introduce the concept of puberty before it comes. But again, we don't have to be detailed with it because a nine-year-old's going to be thinking about that a little bit differently than a 12-year-old would. But you can start with simple conversations about how your bodies change and grow. You can even do this younger, you know, eight seven, you know, seven, eight-year-old. You can show pictures of when they were little versus what they look like now. And that can be a way of introducing the idea of puberty, how our bodies change over time. And that can, and then saving that more detailed conversation until just before um, your child or those in your child's peer group start experiencing puberty. One other great thing to talk about from ages nine to 12 years old is all of the social emotional changes. Um, There are so many things that happen with whether it's body image, uh, views about yourself, how a child might look or think about themselves you want to check in with your child ask them how they're feeling and ask them what they're wondering about um and just letting them know that things are normal and that that's okay that your body changes and then it's, and then it's nothing to be ashamed of being open to talk about it and also still making sure that you're checking in about internet safety so hopefully you've already established some digital rules some values in your home but making sure you're talking openly about sharing photos possibly nude photos of themselves or their peers and how how that's illegal and how they could be charged with um, making distribution of those pictures now i would say that's more of an older child conversation i don't know if that's necessarily appropriate for a nine-year-old but again you know your child and you can tailor that down to conversations around what do you think it means to be respectful online? What do you think it means to be respectful communicating online, whether that's social media or anything like that, um, starting to have these conversations with them around safety. And what that's the number one key here is establishing, getting them thinking about on their own, how do I make a good informed choice when my parents and my caregivers are not around to help me out? So getting them thinking through those situations. So those are some ideas for if your child's in a younger stage. And that way, if you've already been open and talking about sex and sexuality and the body early on in life, it really helps once your child does hit those teenage years. So if you've established yourself as someone being open to discussing this top, these topics, your kids are going to feel more comfortable coming to you. Like I mentioned before, they're going to be more likely to answer questions and all of that. But if, if you have been somebody who hasn't had the talk yet, if you've been really quiet on this subject up until now, it's okay to have a conversation even now today and sit down and just say, Hey, um, I acknowledge that, um, this isn't something we've really talked about a lot, but I want to change that. I'm going to make some changes as your parent and, um, where, you know, I want this to be on the table and open for discussion and even something like that, especially teens, they really respect honesty and truthfulness and they really appreciate humility from their parents. And so if you can show a little humility in that moment and just say, hey, you know, I really regret that we didn't talk about this sooner, but you know what, we're going to make some changes to that now. You're going to really have their attention and they are going to be all ears to want to uh, see what it is that you feel like is so important to apologize for and make some changes to here in these teen years, you're going to want to be thinking about how to protect them against peer pressure and dating violence. That There's some high statistics out there about dating violence among teens, believe it or not, or just really unhealthy relationship dynamics. And, you know, some of those early warning signs of potentially abusive relationships. So we want to have conversations around that obviously drinking and drugs and the impact that that can have on judgment. So when we have frequent conversations about healthy relationships, what healthy relationships are and look like, that's going to go a long way for them to recognize the signs when they are in that dating relationship. Um, We want them to start understanding uh, their conscience and paying attention to their gut and that inner voice that they can and should listen to if it's well formed with your guidance, um, and that they can have the ability to stand up for themselves, even if they, um, you know, are worried or self-conscious about that, even if they're alone, that's ultimately what they want. One way to help too, I know sometimes teens can get a little, Mm -hmm. um, defensive perhaps we should say they can get a little defensive with some of these conversations so if they're like oh i don't want to talk about this or stop talking maybe you can insert the conversation insert the subject by talking about their friends instead maybe a friend at school Um, or sharing relationship stories from your own past. So anything like that, all with the goal of empowering your child to be able to make good, healthy, sound decisions on their own is the ultimate goal. And then as you know, for middle school, high school age kids, there's plenty of Theology of the Body resources from Jason Everett and Christopher West and the Theology of the Body Institute. So those are all good resources for you to tap into as well. One thing that I want to say too is, trying your best when you have these conversations. I know they're hard. It's easy. We can't do it perfect every single time and that's okay. And that's why the idea of having an ongoing conversation is so helpful because if we mess up one time or when we re- revisit it in a couple months or in a year, you know, that's okay because they will have he- be hearing multiple messages from you and hopefully consistent messages from you over time. And so, when you're having these conversations over time and over the years, really try to avoid conversations about don'ts, right? Don't have sex, don't get pregnant, don't get a disease. Um, these are real big turnoffs for kids. And so we want to be more open in our conversations, talking about the positivity, the goodness of the body and what we are created for. And even the goodness of sex, again, depending on the age level of your child. And that's why theology, the body can be so helpful and what it was created for that God designed it. But all of these things we can do to sort of lay that foundation. So open-ended questions, even about What was the most memorable part of your day at school or how are you feeling about a new teacher or a new class? Asking them about their friends, getting to know your friend's parents and trying your best to nudge your children, encouraging them to spend time with other kids who you know and think are a good influence. All of these things bundle up into this nice, beautiful package of them, again, being empowered to make good decisions for themselves. So overall, some key takeaways for this is you want to make sure you're talking early and often. There's not pressure to have this everything fit into one conversation. It doesn't have to be the talk. We want it to be an ongoing talk over the years. Be ready and receptive to answer questions. Children's questions come about all kinds of ways. Maybe, you know, a friend or a family member gets pregnant and now they have questions about those types of things. And Make sure you clarify too, because if a child comes home and says, you know, what's sex and they're five or six, they might be um misinterpreting the word. They might be thinking S E C S like an abbreviation for seconds, or maybe the teacher told everyone in the class to line up by sex instead of gender. And so you just never know. So you always want to clarify first of all, and say, Oh, what do you mean when you, you know, what makes you ask that question? And that can help you. <laughs> But being ready to ask those questions because our children's questions tell us a lot about what they already know. And so the more that they feel like they can approach you about any conversation, any topic, the more willing they're going to be bring those questions to you. And that'll give you a good gauge on where they're at. And then listening carefully to their opinions, especially once we start getting to those preteen and teen years, even if you don't agree, being open to hearing their opinions, again, also gives you insight into where they're at, what they're thinking. And it also tells your child, it establishes trust because it tells them that, okay, I really can talk to mom and dad about this, even if they get upset with me, even if I can talk to grandma and grandpa about this, I can talk to any of my caregivers, even if they disagree. And I know that I can think out loud and think this through and their opinion of me will not change. And so that makes me more likely to want to come and share in the future. If I find myself in a bind or a dangerous situation, another thing you can do is take advantage of things that come up on television. So if you're watching a TV show or a movie or a commercial pops up something in a music video these are good opportunities to start conversations with kids about, again, your values and what the body is for and relationships and healthy relationships and unhealthy relationship dynamics. So sometimes you it those opportunities provide you a nice window into having the conversation and it seems very natural as opposed to sitting down formally, you know, at the dining room table and saying, "Oh my goodness, we need to let's have a serious talk. Let's have the talk right now. It's time for the talk." Or you could just wait for that next commercial to pop up and say, oh, wow, that really seemed like an unhealthy relationship or potentially abusive relationship. Let's talk about that. And what'd you notice and why and see. And so being open to those things to be a part of that theme of ongoing conversation. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, being open and honest about your own feelings. If you're embarrassed or uncomfortable to talk about this, that's okay. Okay. And you can say so and share that with your kids. And like I said before, they are going to respect that. That's going to go such a long way. And you break the ice for them. If they know you're uncomfortable, they're going to follow your lead and know that it's uncomfortable for them and be willing to admit it too. And they are going to be even more willing to walk through that awkwardness together (laughs) and move forward in that conversation with you even though it might feel a little uncomfortable for them too. So be willing to be open and vulnerable in those moments because you're their role model in that situation. So those are some tips I have about having the talk, which is really not the talk. It's an ongoing talk with your kids. And I hope that wherever stage you find your children at, that you can jump in and start now and continue that into the future. Hopefully you're not feeling too bogged down or overwhelmed by all this information. So I will say that... For your mental health tip for today, since we've been talking a lot about the body and um, self-image, maybe having some positive self-talk for your own body, and that can help prepare you for your conversations with kids. The more comfortable you are with yourself and your own body and the gift that it is, that's going to help you be better prepared with that mentality, going into conversations with your kids and being more um convincing, being more convincing about the reality and the truth and the beauty and goodness of them that there's, that there's that their body is. So your challenge, what I'm going to tell for you for your mental health tip is to go look in the mirror, look at your body and think about what you're saying to yourself, what negative thoughts, what negative self-talk is there that you can replace with some type of affirmation. So if you kind of have a tendency to say life will be better when my body looks like blank, maybe instead we say something like my life has purpose and meaning. If you think you're unhappy with your appearance, you can look in the mirror and say, I am more than my appearance. Once I, if you say, once I lose weight, I'll do X, Y, Z. You can say, I am worthy. I am strong. I am enough in my current body. My body is capable of amazing things. I will not compare myself to others. I am capable of so much. I deserve the best. I can get through anything. You are a good body. You are enough. It's okay to take up space. You are worth loving. You are worthy of love. And I accept you as you are right now. Thank you, body, for the things you do. My relationship with you is important. And I know that all might sound a little odd, a little strange to be talking to yourself and talking to your body in that way, but we really don't realize how much we are our bodies and how much we are a gift from God and to be grateful for that. And so some of these exercises can be ways to affirm that goodness and to acknowledge and receive it. So I just want to encourage you, make sure that you are taking the time to acknowledge the gift of your own self and your own body. And when you are convinced of that, you're going to be able to bless the children in your life and affirm them in a way that it comes from a place of real truth and real belief and authenticness, that authentic connection you can really have with the young people in your life because you've experienced it and you know it to be true. So I challenge you, go do that activity, do it once a week at least, maybe once a month, but every day if you want to, however often you need to really let it sink into your bones and feel like it's honest and true and a part of you. And um, yeah, I'd love to know what you guys think. I have more resources on how to talk to your teens about all kinds of conversations. You can check that out on my website at reginaboycom slash blog. And until next time, don't forget to connect with those you love. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review. So if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.